The FDF podcast is sponsored by Clark Energy, sustainably powering the food and drink sectors. FDF podcast, passionate about food and drink. Welcome to the FDF podcast, passionate about food and drink, sponsored by Clark Energy. My name is Emma Piercy and I lead on energy and climate change policy here at the Food and Drink Federation. And I'm delighted to have with me today Ellen Peacock, Senior Policy Officer from the Greater Birmingham and Solihull Enterprise Partnership and my colleague Mark Corbett, our Innovation and Skills Policy Manager. So uh, let's start. Right. Um, Ellen, um, could you tell me a little bit about the GBSLEP and, and what you do there, please? So the Greater Birmingham and Solihull Local Enterprise Partnership is the local enterprise partnership for the Birmingham region. Um, so our role is all about working with partners to deliver economic growth um, through policy developments and interventions. Um, at the moment, the GBSLEP is leading on various sector delivery and development plans um, for something that's called the West Midlands Local Industrial Strategy. So big regional economic strategy. Um, and as part of this, there's sort of various sector strands and I'm the lead for food and drink manufacturing interventions. That's sort of why I'm here today. Um, so my role is all around understanding and developing interventions um, to support uh, sector growth. Um, and then I also manage the West Midlands Food and Drink Manufacturing Forum, which is a group of about 10 regional businesses um, who meet quarterly and read back, um, feedback on regional policy making. Mark, uh, in terms of the, the work that you've been doing at FDF, um, uh, what, what have we been engaging on uh, with the LEPs? Previously, um, the FDF did engage with um, the LEPs through the DEFRA Agri-Food Network, which I think now is, is defunct. But that was a really good way for us to engage with lots of different LEPs. I think there's there's 38 of them um, who have an interest in food. Um, so it'd be good if that could come back. Um, I've also been working with Ellen. So thank you, Ellen, for the work on the Lifetime Skills Guarantee. So the Lifetime Skills Guarantee is a skills measure um, that was introduced at the beginning of the year, where it allows people to do a level three course for free. And in the original set of courses, there were no food and drink manufacturing courses on that list. And that's only combined authorities or organisations that um, do qualifications that could actually apply for courses to be added. And Greater Birmingham and Solihull LEP were acting on for the food and drink sector. Um, and they worked with us to successfully lobby for two courses now to be added to that list. So that's a really good piece of work. Um, and in the future, we want to work with the LEPs and combined authorities on levelling up. So as a sector, um, we are spread out over the UK. We have a huge presence in every constituency, every region of the UK. Um, so we're a significant part of the local economy everywhere. There isn't a better sector placed than us for supporting the government's ambitions to level up. Now, so. uh, Mark, I'll just interrupt you there, because there's one question I, I probably should have asked a long time ago, and that is, when you talk about levelling up, what, what is it you really mean? Levelling up is it's rebalancing the UK economy. So at the moment, a lot of the money and the high paid jobs are all focused in London. A lot of the investment is focused in London. So it's about ensuring that the opportunities um, in the regions are you know, equal to what we have in London. So you have those high paid jobs, you have investment in infrastructure, you have the skills that are needed there, um, the housing, everything. So that the standard of living in the UK regions is the same as London. So it's not about taking anything away from London. It's about ensuring that those regions get the investment 
um, that they deserve, really. Um, Ellen can probably say something on that as well, I imagine. I, I'm just going to ask you, Ellen, <laughs> how, how does this sort of fare in, in the Midlands? And, you know, you mentioned, you know, this manufacturing forum that you, you have on a quarterly basis. What, what are, what's been your involvement um, around these, this levelling up agenda? Yeah, so LEPs in general are sort of really key, I think, to levelling up agenda. Um, LEPs are sort of public sector, private sector partnerships. Um, so I guess very business facing, understanding of the needs of businesses in the region. And obviously through businesses, you sort of drive jobs and economic growth. Um, so in terms of, sort of the Westminster Food and Drink Forum, um, they sort of feed back on, I guess, what they think are the key needs for the sector. And then my job is really around understanding how can we convert that into action um, so it might be business support programmes um, and going forwards, sort of lots more. Mark, I mean, I, I, innovation is, is a huge area that I know that you're working on um, at the moment or as a programme. Could you tell me some more about uh, the work that you're doing at FTF on this? Yeah, so innovations come out of our work on the Industry Growth Committee, which is one of our senior forums in the FDF. Um, and as part of that work, we've created a new technology forum. We have key stakeholders on the forum um, from the catapult centres, like the Manufacturing Catapult Centre. Um, we have the Digital Catapult. We have the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. We also have universities like Cranfield and Lincoln, um, technology companies, and also businesses themselves. And we're a forum and we're looking at what are the um, challenges to businesses to innovate and what are the opportunities there for them to innovate. Um, and one of the challenges is around the sort of complexity of the support that's out there. And so what we're doing is we're creating a new food and drink innovation gateway, which is a single point of entry for businesses to get that innovation support. Um, so basically what it is, is the business will go onto our website, they'll fill in a very simple form, tell us about what they're trying to find on innovation or what the challenges are for them. Um, and then we'll match them with a, um, an individual who would have a conversation with that business, delve a little bit deeper. And then they'll be matched with the best place centre of expertise to support them on their innovation journey. Um, it just removes all that knowledge and, and need and um, for a business to be able to sort of know who to speak to. Um, we're also looking at things like R&D tax credits, super deductions um, and help to grow. So these are all opportunities which have a limited lifespan. So let's make sure our businesses make the most of those opportunities now and um, that they're aware of them, know how to use them and engage with them. And then on the bigger picture side, um, we're looking at how the food and drink manufacturing sector um, sort of does under the whole innovation landscape in the UK. So there's an aspiration um, by the UK government to increase R&D spending from 1.7 currently to 2.4%. Um, and as a sector, we probably under, underperform um, quite badly, really, compared to other sectors in terms of the money they receive, both public and private. So that 0.7% increase um, in funding we want to really maximise um, our share of that money um, because we are advanced manufacturing. You know, we are really, you know, we're a place to invest in what we do, what we deliver in terms of food. Everyone needs it. Um, so that's sort of shout about our sector a bit more and, and really innovate and make our place, you know, more sustainable. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just so key. And, and, and you know, Ellen, I can only imagine that this, well, this is just a huge topic for yourself as well, you know, you know, around innovation, of course, you know, about engaging with businesses and, you know, food and drink and, 
all the SMEs we have in this sector. You know, how, how are you engaging with, um, uh, with you know, your companies on this innovation piece? Yeah, no, it's a really interesting point, actually, because um, obviously food and drink manufacturing has a really high number of SMEs, and particularly the West Midlands picture is really dominated by SMEs as well. Um, and because of this, we find that businesses that we work with often have, you know, limited time and resources to look at opportunities around innovation um, or sustainability, you know, had the best will in the world. But the current circumstances with Brexit and obviously the pandemic, pandemic, it's just it can be making it really difficult for businesses. Um, but I think the point that we're trying to get across is that failure to adopt new technology in the long term, or at least look at it and think of new ways of doing things, could potentially limit businesses' opportunity to um, fulfil their potential around productivity sort of in the longer term. Um, so, you know, sort of firefighting really issues at the moment. But I think if we can encourage businesses to think more strategically around innovation, it could reap the benefits um, over a longer period of time. Um, so our uh, local enterprise partnership is tied very closely to the um, Growth Hub, um, which also covers the same patch. Um, and through this, we have an account manager for food and drink manufacturing, um, and his job is to work really closely with businesses to understand their needs. Um, and a bit like FDF, and I know sort of my colleague uses FDF um, quite a lot to sort of help businesses um, as well as other resources, is just to build that relationship with businesses and then with um, sort of universities and understand the programmes, understand the landscape, and just just get you know just get them pointed in the right direction of things that can help them. Um, and obviously through my role as well, I'm quite connected with universities and sort of about understanding innovation support locally. Um, but I think the key thing for me on this area is just getting the message of what's out there to businesses mm. um, and helping them understand that, you know, whilst they might see themselves as a food and drink manufacturer, general manufacturing pro- approaches might apply to them and those ways of thinking about things. And it's just sometimes it's about taking the time out to just sort of think about things a little bit differently. Um and sort of see what what could potentially help or not help you know not everything yes. might work. <laughs> I just kind of chip in there Emma. Of course. From that. I think that the, the SME issue is something we really recognise in the FDF so SME businesses food and drink businesses in particular we're running on really tight margins they've had sort of Brexit and supply chain issues which they're dealing with day to day so how do you support a business in making that sort of process simpler to have that headspace thinking about the future I think so the, the support that the growth hubs have um, for SMEs is really good that they can help them do that. And same with our gateway as well, removing that sort of complexity around it as well. Um, I think that's a really important point to make. Um, and then the other point which Alan raised, I totally agree with, is that, you know, we are manufacturing. We are manufacturing the automotive and pharmaceuticals and aerospace. We probably do have a lot to learn from other areas of manufacturing. We shouldn't forget that. And the whole of manufacturing should be collaborating and working together, I think which is why we're one of the the lead partners in the National Manufacturing Skills Task Force as well, working with other manufacturing groups to represent food and drink manufacturing. Actually, I'd also like to follow up with something you said, uh, Ellen, and that was around, uh, you know, Brexit and COVID, and, uh, and you know, these have been incredibly challenging times, and of course still are, uh, as businesses are, as are recovering. And you talked, yes, about about recovering and, and growing uh, and of course there's this um a lot of talk around building back better i understand um in this context of building back better and, and a green recovery that that you've recently launched uh, the gbslep low carbon and circular energy uh, circular economy fund uh, please tell me more 
Yeah, really exciting fund and sort of really excited to um, be launching it, really. Um, so it's a fund that we'll be launching end of September. Um, we're looking at having a sort of networking, either lunch or breakfast event, um, just to provide the opportunity for business networking as it launches. But the fund is all about um, partnerships between businesses or other organisations who want to demonstrate um, demand or unlock innovation around the themes of low carbon food waste and packaging. Um, so the grants are up to 30k available um, and the fund will go to projects that can demonstrate a demand for a new innovation or sustainable approach. Um, we're thinking mainly sort of feasibility studies. Um, we're expecting that mainly SMEs will apply, but it is open to businesses of all sizes. Um, and to be honest, we did it because we just felt that it, really important, it was really important that um, as regionally, we've definitely seen interest amongst businesses to become more sustainable. Um, you know, as I said before, they're kind of often limited by time and resource. Um, so we felt that if we could facilitate that first step of getting a feasibility study done or building those partnerships, we're then in a great position to spur on sustainable innovation in the region. Um, so more information on the fund can actually be found on our website um, or so if anyone is interested, feel free to get in touch. Um, but yeah, really exciting times because I think it's really going to spur some interesting innovation in the region. And, and in terms of the website, what, what's the website's name? Um, so you can search Low Carbon and Circular Economy Fund GBS LEP and then it will just come up for you. Excellent. And, and out of interest, because of course this would be a common question, what kind of grants are available? I mean, what are, do you have a sort of minimum grant or is there a maximum level? Yeah, so it's up to 30k match funded, 30% um, match funded. Um, so we're just hoping it's you know, really sort of a catalyst to further innovation really. So it's... Mm. It's for those starting points, for those feasibility studies or if businesses, you know, thinking about doing something in this space around food waste, packaging, low carbon and just needs that almost, you know, yeah, that start to sort of get out the door. And then, you know, we're expecting this fund will then facilitate and go on to inform um, further projects going forwards as well. Yes. And Mark, I mean, you, you and I have, have worked quite a bit on, on some of this net zero piece and some of the, the, the different topics that come uh, within that and, and decarbonisation sustainability. From your, from your skills and, and, uh, and the innovation background, what, um, what would you say are some of, sort of the, the, the key challenges that you, that you think businesses will, will be facing? Well, I think with skills, I mean, there's always a skills issue for our sector, isn't there? Getting people with the right skills. And I can see that only becoming more acute in the future with demand for more digital skills, and more technical skills, high level skills. And we have to compete with other sectors there. Um, so it's sort of making sure that we do sort of show off our sector. And, you know, we're a great place to work. We, should, we, we talk about that. Uh, and we have the skills um, infrastructure in place that supports that as well. So things like apprenticeships and T-levels are going to be sort of two of the main um, route ways into our industry. Um, apprenticeships currently, you know, very low numbers. Um, we're asking for things like greater flexibility and how that levy is spent. Um, so it's not just spent on apprenticeships, but maybe it becomes more of a flexible skills levy. Um, we're looking at the T-levels the to make sure that businesses engage with that. Um, there's a manufacturing T-level that's coming soon on, onto, the, um, onto the landscape. Um, and to make sure that the, the food manufacturing element of that is sufficient, that the people who qualify from those courses have the right skills and that those those courses and, and those routeways remain agile as well. So they're able to able to um, adapt to the changes in the industry so that when people come in, when they qualify through those courses, they have the right skills for that, that time. So it's a bit of sort of future looking as well. Um, we can see things like um, local skills improvement plans. 
um, being a bit of a risk, I suppose, in making sure that we are um, feeding into those plans regionally as a sector. And we've got businesses representing our sector and all of those places where, like I said before, you know, we are um, spread across the whole of England, whole of the UK. Um, we look at things like boot camps, um, a restart, lifetime skills guarantee, those opportunities and make sure that our sector um, maximises the opportunities that are available that are set out from the government. You know, things like the lifetime skills guarantee. Yes, we've been successful in getting two courses added, um, but I think there's probably at least three or four more courses um, from our list that should be added um, to that list as well. And um, mm. so that's where we are. Interesting. And Ellen, you know, from when you think about the, the businesses in the Midlands, what would you say are the, the, the immediate challenges that, that come to mind when we when we start talking about decarbonisation and sustainability? It, you know, obviously you've, you've talked about this fund you're creating. Are, uh, are there also other areas as well where you, you feel more support is needed? I think... A lot of it, it feels like there's a, there's definitely a lot of will there from manufacturers, both, I guess, in terms because it is a growth opportunity and, you know, there's a moral element to it as well. I think businesses do want to be more sustainable. I think the big challenge that they face, and I think Mark touched on it before, is it, there's tight margins in the industry and it, it is hard for businesses to make a profit at times. So it's almost there needs to be incentives to, I guess, take that forward and become more sustainable and do it in a financially viable way. Um, so I think obviously, yeah, we've talked about the fund and how we're hoping to sort of catalyse innovation there. But from a broader, I guess, more strategic perspective, I think if the government could get more involved in creating these incentives and making it more viable for businesses to take sustainable approaches, I think, you know, they'll be happy to do it. Um, the incentive, well, I mean, I guess the intention is definitely there. It's just almost making it viable and making business have the ability to grow at the same time. Well, I, I think that's a very good segue into my last uh, question to you both, which is, which is of course, you know, with um, COP26 just a, a couple of months away in, in November, and you know, and we think about, you know, the the, the right policy and regulatory framework to help our businesses. Um, I, what uh, the question I have for the two of you would be, if you could give um, sort of one or two pieces of, of top advice as to how businesses can progress on their sustainability agenda, uh, what would you say? Uh, Mark, I'll come to you first. Okay. Um, I would say that you know, innovation is going to be a, a vital part of their journey to a more sustainable future. And innovation support, there's lots of it across the UK. So do engage with either the FDF through the Innovation Gateway or speak to your local growth hub and see what support they can offer as well. And, you know, innovation doesn't always have to be that expensive. You know, it can be quite a relatively small change to your processes, tweaking them and stuff, um, which really sort of helps you. And it can also, I mean, uh, you know, you look at sustainability, it can also be about being more efficient. And if you're more efficient, like less waste, um, using less energy, you can actually save money in your processes as well. So it can actually be sort of make good business sense to be more sustainable. Ellen, what would be your thoughts on, on top advice? Very, sim very similar to what Mark said, really. I, I think really see what is out there locally and nationally in terms of support. So like use your networks and see if other people are accessing support that might also apply to you. Um, you know, we speak to business and say, oh, you know, I heard about this through someone in my supply chain or whatever. It's, you know, there will be people that are accessing support out there. And I guess it's just finding out about it. 
Um, but I think especially with COP26 and the engagement work around this, there might be more out there than you think there is. Well, look, thank you both very much for joining me to today. And, um, you know, th- there is just so much to talk about. And for all of our listen- listeners in the Midlands, uh, do check out the Low Carbon and Circular Economy Fund that Ellen mentioned. And for all others, do get in touch um, w- w- with your growth hubs and, and uh, you know, the suggestions uh, that, that have been made and see what support it is also available to you. Although we've not um, discussed today, in in helping all of of the SMEs in the food and drink sector, do also keep an eye out on our events page for the the webinars that you can attend on reducing your emissions and and carbon footprint as well. Every little bit helps. Um, And indeed, we will be publishing, um, as in FDF will be publishing, a handbook for businesses on steps to take in working to net zero at our COP26, uh, at the COP26 event in November. And this will also be free to download. And there is also at the SME Climate Hub hub, where you can make your own net zero commitments. So definitely watch this space. Well, thank you all once again um, for for joining the panel today um, and for listening uh, to this FDF podcast. For more details of forthcoming webinars, please visit the FDF website. The FDF podcast is sponsored by Clark Energy. The FDF podcast is sponsored by Clark Energy, sustainably powering the food and drink sectors.